Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. Jesus once told Satan that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. If you desire, you can also follow us on YouTube and Twitter. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here is Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Hello, this is Pastor Visser, and the topic is The Morning Stars, Part 5. Beloved, the seduction of Eve in Yahweh's garden has been covered and debated by practically every Christian identity pastor in the movement, as this doctrine is either vehemently protected or dismissed by Christian believers. Ironically, when the third chapter of Genesis is read directly in the Hebrew, there are no contradictions, making the seemingly never-ending barrage of debate lie within man's erroneous translations or inability to see what's plainly written. For example, Jesus often equated mankind to trees like in this statement, found in Luke chapter 6, verses 43 and 44. Quote, For a good tree bringeth forth not corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. End quote. Also, in Luke chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, Jesus commands his followers to, quote, Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you, that God is able of these stones to raise up children to Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit, is hewn down and cast into the fire. End quote. This is also why Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, that, quote, By their fruits ye shall know them. End quote. On a side note, consider that the Catholic state, Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, when they pray their angelic salutations, or Hail Marys. Trees are symbolic of people, and fruit is emblematic of works, both good and bad. Now, with that being established, let's cover this clear account for ourselves to see what really happened. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 in the Webster Bible reads, quote, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which Yahweh God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Question. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. End quote. Notice that the first trick of Satan is to cast doubt on the infallibility of Yahweh's commands by asking, Yea, hath God said. Trees in Scripture often represent people or family trees, like you can read in Ezekiel chapter 31, verse 18, Luke chapter 3, verse 9, or Jude chapter 1, verse 12. Thus, Yahweh commanded that Adam not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil immediately before the creation of Eve, found in Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. This anti-adultery word touch, spoken by Eve to the serpent, is naga, which means to lie with a woman, according to Strong's Concordance, meaning to keep the fruit of her womb uncontaminated. 
Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church, so that when He returns, He will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply His words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. The curse laid against the heads of all three guilty parties in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 is considered to be the Proto-Evangelium, or the first gospel, quote-unquote, because it's the earliest reference of the coming Messiah in the Old Testament. Like the serpent of old, many of his false prophets today use the same tactics of casting doubt on the inerrancy of the scriptures by stating certain words don't really mean what they plainly say. We must continually keep our eyes on Christ, the Word incarnate, so as not to sink in the mire of their faulty interpretations. Also, many early church fathers taught about the seduction of Eve, because it's referenced several times throughout the Bible. Thus, this particular study on angels becomes rather necessary. For more information on their specific teachings, be sure to read the additional source notes from the previous four parts of the series on biblical angels. The forerunners of Christian identity all taught seedline doctrine. Thus, those who don't are simply not CI. They're Judeo-Christians. For more information on the trees, quote-unquote, that inhabited Eden, be sure to read the entire chapter of Ezekiel chapter 31, which describes the serpent as thus, I, Yahweh, have made him, Satan, fair by the multitude of his branches, so that all the trees of Eden that were in the garden of God envied him. End quote. That's Ezekiel chapter 31, verse 9. Understanding that God's adversary is the prince of this world, quote-unquote, and is often greatly desired, should shed light on why he was able to beguile Eve and later offer Christ the kingdoms of the world, quote-unquote, during his feeble temptations. You can read about those in Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. But for now, let's continue to read Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, and I'll be reading the Webster Bible. Quote, The serpent said to the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat of it, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit, and ate, and gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. End quote. Satan's method is usually to mix his lies with a lot of truth. For example... Stating, in the day that ye eat of it, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil, was correct. While, ye shall surely not die, was the falsehood. Obviously, Adam and Eve didn't instantly give up the ghost, but they both forfeited their once perfect and immortal state when they transgressed the primary commandment of Yahweh. Quote, by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men. End quote. 
That's Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Cain and Abel were fraternal twins that brought their offerings to God in the process of time, quote-unquote, or at the end of days, their 18th year. But Yahweh had no respect for Cain's offering because it wasn't a blood sacrifice. You can read the account for yourself in Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. The Bible describes Cain as enslaved to the earth because the word tiller means a slave or a servant, according to Strong's Concordance. Jesus teaches that Satan was the world's first murderer. So either God erred in that the firstborn man-child, the Adam and Eve, was an executioner, or the serpent's interaction made him as such. Christ tells the Jews in John chapter 8, verse 44, quote, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. End quote. Naturally, Cain was the world's first murderer when he took the life of righteous Abel, proving that he was not born of God, according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. Furthermore, Loving John clarifies the seed line position more clearly when he continues, quote, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. But this is the message that ye have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Question. Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. End quote. That's found in the first epistle of John, chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. Cain was born of that wicked one, the literal fallen angel Satan himself. Let's continue reading Genesis, chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. And again, this is the Webster translation. Quote, The eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together, and made for themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of Yahweh God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Yahweh God amongst the trees of the garden. And Yahweh God called to Adam and said to him, Where art thou? Question. End quote. After the eyes of both of them were opened, Adam and Eve knew instantly that they were naked and attempted to cover their nudity with aprons or loincloths made of fig leaves. When they hear the voice of Yahweh in the garden, they both feebly attempt to hide themselves from their own transgression and shame. While he was still living, it should be noticed that Cain isn't listed in Adam's genealogy as found in Genesis chapter 5, verse 3. Quote, Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Seth. End quote. It seems that, uh, I'm going to make a few remarks before we start the recording. Hatred for me is gathering all of the clowns who claim to be Christian identity under the same tent. The men who have pretended to hate each other have been caught in bed together. The pecker popper from Missouri, the punchy little Jew boy from Chicago, the Cherokee dirtbag from the South, the screwball who gets his heresies directly from his own small G God, the closet dweller in the Ozarks. They all know who I'm talking about. They are all in bed together, and they prove it all the time. They proved it last night when the Pekka Puffer spent 20 minutes on Jew Boy November's talk show program engaging in a fake hate fest. They can all go to hell. In fact, I guarantee you this, they will all go to hell. What they really hate isn't me. They hate the Word of God. What they really hate is that they are all exposed for the phony bastards that they all are. They really hate being told that bastards are going to the lake of fire and 
that all white men have eternal life simply because Yahweh God created the white man to be immortal. They hate the truth about race, and they hate the truth about scripture. They call it a penis cult. Yeah, that's what the queen, the closet queen of the Ozarks wrote. Or they cry about how unfair God is to bastards, which is basically the siren song of the Chicago Jew. They're all toast. They're all exposed. Every one of the bastards. Seth's name means replacement, according to Strong's Concordance. And scripture states he was begotten in Adam's own likeness after his image, quote-unquote. Unlike Cain the murderer. Adam and Eve didn't cover their mouths because they ate a forbidden apple, as taught in easy believism. They both covered their genitalia, as these were the objects by which their offenses were committed. After the original sin and judgment of Yahweh, Adam names his wife Eve, meaning the mother of all living, covering both wicked and righteous seed lines. You can read that for yourself in Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. Let's continue reading Genesis chapter 3, verses 10 through 13 in the Webster Bible. Quote, he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? God speaking. Hast thou eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, that thou shouldest not eat? Question. And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And Yahweh God said to the woman, What is this that thou hast done? Question. And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I ate. End quote. Adam telling God that Eve gave him the forbidden fruit is not an attempt to cast blame on the woman like many feminists teach, who shouldn't even be teaching the word of God in the first place. It's a straightforward biblical account. Eve, quote, took of its fruit and ate and gave also to her husband with her, end quote. Adam was truthful with his creator about what had transpired between the three, most likely due to the fact that he knew Yahweh knew what happened anyway. Eve, not Adam, was outright seduced by Satan the serpent. In Hebrew, the word beguiled is nasha, which means to seduce, according to Strong's Concordance. And in the Greek, it's expatio, which means to seduce wholly, according to Strong's again. Like when it's used in this statement by Paul, quote, I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled thee through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ, end quote. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. The word of Yahweh is straightforward. It's when man attempts to add his own interpretations to it that it becomes muddied and false doctrine is produced. As mentioned in other works by Covenant People's Ministry, the actions ascribed to biblical angels cannot be performed by flesh man. Covenant People's Ministry has released numerous teachings dealing with the erroneous interpretations of the modern no-devil crowd, which has purposely shattered a once-agreed body of Christian identity believers. Perhaps the most controversial of these is Judaism has no devil, which proves the enemies of Christ engage in self-worship, neither having a Messiah nor adversary, much like those who deny Satan or the spiritual realm. More information can be obtained by reading the online book Sataniel, which should be available in print form soon, or the sermons, Anointed Cherub that Covereth, Beware of False Prophets, Devices of the Lawless Almanac, Tactics of the Lawless One, That Man of Sin, the Son of Perdition, or Wicked for the Day of Evil, the Complete Version. Rest assured, CPM will continue to honor Christ our King by exposing the iniquitous tares that interject deceitful leaven into Christian identity, because one can't call themselves CI if they aren't aware of the identity of the children of God or the children of Satan. You can read more about that in the first epistle of John, chapter 3, verse 10. Furthermore, just because angel means messenger, according to Strong's Concordance, doesn't mean that they're simple men. 
In fact, when a Christian weighs all the evidence of the deeds performed by them, it becomes rather apparent that anyone who suggests as such is a false prophet with ulterior motive. Many such idiots exist within the movement today and continually push their pro-Talmudic agendas. Be on guard against them. I'd like now to read from the book of Acts, chapter 12, verses 21 through 23. Quote, Upon a set day Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a god and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory, and was eaten of worms, and gave up the ghost. End quote. That's the death of Herod. The use of worms in Herod's death is interesting, tying back to certain trees from Eden. As the fir trees and cedars of Lebanon gave Satan praise, his heart was lifted up, and chose instead to play God like Herod. Yahweh's future sentence against him is found in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 8 through 12. Quote, Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials. The worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? End quote. According to Matthew chapter 6 verse 24, and Luke chapter 16 verse 13, man can serve either God or mammon, never both. Wicked men that choose to serve man's counterfeit system or laws as opposed to God's can only do the bidding of Satan. Thus, in scripture, Pharaoh, Herod, the Assyrian, the king of Babylon, and many more are types, quote-unquote, of Antichrist. Beware of those who are absorbed with man's politics or think it can be the answer to God's own curses. There's no answer to the world's woes and man's faulty system, and those who serve it willingly are simply pawns of the adversary. Now, let's read Acts chapter 12, verse 11. Quote, When Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel, and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. End quote. Naturally, Peter's guardian angel, quote-unquote, was the same sent by night to open the prison doors and set him free, saying, quote, Go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life, or better put, words by which the way unto life is shown, end quote. That's found in Acts chapter 5, verses 19 through 20, and Acts chapter 12, verse 7. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts, or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church, so that when He returns, you will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. Speak words by which the way unto life is shown. 
Acts chapter 12, verse 15, proves his angel was seen by others, protected Peter and the later apostles throughout the book of Acts, and finally sent worms to eat the God-tripping Herod. Once again, Christians can see the importance of Scripture when building faith or determining authentic doctrine. Denominations and new dogma are born every day. But according to Jesus in John chapter 17, verse 17, only the eternal word is undisputable truth, not man's modern theory. Never listen to non-believers about the sanctity of our scriptures. The Bible in their hands is mere confusion and words that they can never grasp. Such is the case with this new no-devil doctrine. History and almost every theologian that has ever existed disprove their weak stances because their core belief shows a desire to be lowercase gods themselves, just like Lucifer, the fallen one. Like usual, my intention with this sermon is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the false prophets that missed us today. They often attack the truthful under the guise of Christian civility, quote-unquote. Meaning that if you don't accept their Jewish belief that Satan is your own flesh, or Yetzirah, then you're being unnecessarily uncivil. To dismiss the reality of angels is to write off the Bible as it's plainly written. The scripture means exactly what it says and has the ability to save God's Israel people during every era, with or without man's long-winded explanations. If the scripture says there's demons and devils, then they are factual. Therefore, the upcoming sixth part of this series will be devoted to Jesus' detailed teachings on angels and his personal dealings with them. A re-examination of the angel that hindered Balaam and his ass from prophesying falsely to the children of Israel will also be included. Remember also, CPM intends to release a deluxe CD package of the Morning Star series. This special four-CD set contains two 40-minute sermons per compact disc, with all eight extensive sermons in booklet form to study along with at your own convenience. While the audio sermons will naturally be released in MP3 format for internet godcasting, it's our hope that any sales for this unique package will help generate the additional revenues needed to release Sataniel in proper book form. These expanded series of sermons about biblical angels are loosely based on trees and stars in the garden of Yahweh, stars and trees in the garden of Yahweh, and the anointed cherub that covereth. So be sure to familiarize yourself with those CPM sermons should you desire further study. Eventually, the Morning Stars paperback will be released from Covenant People's Books. To be reminded about the future release of this CD set and book, be sure to sign up for the CPM newsletter or visit Covenant People's Forum. There are countless examples of supernatural cherubim found in Scripture, so it's my wish that this series will help to arm Bible-believing Christians against the imposter's ploy. War for Christ. Amen. Covenant People's Ministry Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website, or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We thank you for your prayers and offerings, and pray that all of you have been touched by these messages, and continue to spread the word of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.